Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, Wasteland Warriors! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And give us your petrol. <laughs> I was going to say Road Warrior. Oh, well, yeah, that that is fitting. Mm-hmm. That is very fitting. I saw, I, all right, so, hey there, Road Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Fucking animal. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome. Bitch. <laughs> Thunderdome is actually not that good of a movie. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's why it didn't make our dystopian apocalypse bracket list because i didn't want to watch that <laughs> yeah no me neither <laughs> yeah i also don't know if i have access to it it's probably it, that seems like one of those weird ones you'd find buried in the depths of hulu yeah i i, I feel like there's way more stuff buried in amazon that you just can't find oh yeah that's true too well you could probably rent it yeah I'm actually, I'm probably going to rent a movie tonight uh, because the day we're recording this is the day that The King of Staten Island came out. So I'm either going to rent that tonight or I'm going to watch The Five Bloods tonight. Nice. I was thinking of watching The Five Bloods when Logan goes to sleep. Nice. You don't think he'd want to watch that? Um, A three-year-old? No, (laughs) I don't think so. He wasn't a big fan of Do the Right Thing. Oh yeah. Did he like Malcolm, so, Malcolm X? Yeah, he wasn't he didn't like Malcolm X. I, I just think it's a style thing of Spike Lee's that doesn't resonate very well with my four year old toddler. <laughs> Is he actually four? Well, he he will be four uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll he'll be less than two weeks away from his four fourth birthday. Oh wow. Nice. Yeah, he's an old fuck. <laughs> I think Gotta kick him out soon. I think it was his first birthday, unless it was his second. But remember, remember the one you had it over in like the like the little park in Warwick. Yeah, that was his uh, first birthday party. First, yeah, I remember. I I went to that, and Gabe was there, and Pat was there. But I remember at that party, someone got Logan, quote unquote, the poster for Logan. And I remember, oh, yeah. you, I remember you open it. You're like, oh, this is a good present. <laughs> yeah, my my mom got it. I actually was going to put that poster up in my room uh, recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I have it here. And I was thinking about it because today we're doing our the winner of our apocalypse uh, dystopian future bracket extravaganza. And we're going to we're going to talk all about what went down. All of the players, all the contenders, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna break down how that bracket went. But I, I guess spoiler for that, like Logan was in contention and, and very close to being the topic of this episode. And I was so excited because I've been saying I really wanted to rewatch it, 
So then I was like, I'm going to fucking hang up the poster. It'll be like a good luck charm. It'll help it win. <laughs> and actually last night I, I watched Logan and I took notes because I was so sure. I'm like, come on, Logan is such a good movie. There's no way it's going to lose. But here we are. <laughs> I was surprised that it went far just because I told you, I feel like out of all the movies that was on that list, it feels the least like a post-apocalyptic dystopian film. But that being said, it's just a banger. It's also a comic book movie, and it's, I would say, is the best X-Men movie to ever come out. So, yeah, I love that movie. And it was one of my favorite movies in 2017. And like I've said before, that year was kind of the year that made me even want to like do a YouTube channel or, you know, start this podcast with you. And I think it was after I watched Logan, I was I was like, damn, like that was fucking good. And I was like, there's been like five bangers this year. And like, I really just want to talk about them. I think that was like one of the few movies that I was actually able to talk about with people because every me, you and then the other three people in our band at the time went and saw that together. And, yeah, uh, I was just going to say that was an awesome like viewing experience because like our whole band got to go together. Yeah, it was so good, too, because the guy who sang in the band like loves like Wolverine. And I guess like he <laughs> would like cosplay as like Wolverine and stuff. And like, yeah, and the movie ended and I just look over at him and he's got tears in his eyes and he's just like, that movie fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. It's so good. Like, rewatching it last night, we're not doing a review on it, but guess what, motherfucker? That's an A-plus for me all the way. Like, everything about that movie just hits for me. I was like, I it, I tear up every time. It's so heartbreaking, but mm-hmm. it, it's in, a, in, like, a good way. It's like, you don't want to see him go, but at least... It's the perfect ending for him. Yeah, and it's why, like, as much as Hugh Jackman is great as Wolverine, like... I don't think he should ever play the character again because it was too good of a send off to go back on it. Now would be whack. Like that's something I hate about WWE actually like wrestling because a wrestler will have a retirement match and it'll be perfect. And then like three years later, they're like, you know what? I still got a little, little gas in the tank. Like I'm gonna have one more match and it sucks or like they botch a move or it's just sloppy. It's not what they, they're, they're a shell of their former self. And then you're just like, dude, you went out on such a good note. Why would you come back and fuck up your legacy? Yeah. (laughs) So I really hope, like, I understand the fan appreciation of him as the character. Like, Oh, we love him as this character. And like, that's all well and good. And I'm not saying he's not perfect as Logan, as Wolverine, but the story is done for him. Leave it alone. Let it be. Yeah. Or at, at the very least, like, because they said that um that movie is kind of separate from all the other X-Men timelines. So maybe you do it something else where it's like, oh, this is a different timeline if you really need to use them. But I don't, I, I don't think you need to. At the very least, if you're going to use them, you can't make it like you can't bring them back or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, just leave it. Leave it as is. I think it's fine. I think it's yeah. fine. But I, I will say, I, I think the way that that movie qualified for our list is because it's not post-apocalyptic, but I would say it is dystopian. But the, the interesting aspect of that movie is it's really only dystopian for mutants. For mutants, yeah. I was talking to Brand about it last night, and that's why it doesn't feel like it, because it, it, it's only dystopian for like certain people, you know? Basically, our main characters. Yeah. Now I want to. I will say one thing because I did take notes, and I'm like, man, this is such like a such like an interesting thing I picked up watching it this time. I think 
there's a little Easter egg that I never noticed in Logan before. There's a there's a moment when, you know, kooky old Charles Xavier, when you first see him in the movie and he's, you know, rolling around and he's acting crazy and they got to put yeah. the drugs in him and stuff and they put him in the bed. He's telling Logan how he's, he sensed uh, a new mutant getting their mutant X gene and like being out there. And uh, Logan leans over to him and he goes, there are no new mutants. And I'm like, is he predicting that the new mutants movie is never going to come out? (laughs) And then I realized the movie Logan takes place in 2029. I think the new mutants movie won't come out until 2029. (laughs) They're being prophetic with that line. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) There are no new mutants. (laughs) He's not wrong so far. He's not wrong at all. Damn, that's crazy. You said that it, it's an A plus for you. It's it's also an A plus for me, and I'm pretty sure. Like again, talking about how good 2017 was, it's an A plus for me. I think it was fourth on my list that year, and that's just because Baby Driver was third, and Lady Bird was two, and then Blade Runner 2049 was one. Like there was just three other movies that I happened to like more than that movie, and Damn. I think that there. I think there may have even been another A plus that year that was at fifth. That's interesting. See. Did, Actually, I think Detroit came out that year too, and I really like that movie. That movie is really intense. Ooh, um, I still have to see that. I, I've, I've only heard good things. I'm almost interested to go back and look at all the movies I saw in 2017 and rank them and compare them because I think Logan would be my number one from 2017, and then maybe Blade Runner 2049, then Baby Driver, then Lady Bird. But I only saw the Lady Bird one time. But, and I'm not going to use it on. Uh, on a what to watch episode, but they just put lady bird and disaster artist on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That I was going to say, uh, other movies that came out that year, three billboards, Dunkirk, the disaster artist, the big sick, I Tanya, like movies. Coco wow. came out that year. It came out there. Homecoming came out like, geez, f- dude, that will, yeah. okay. That was an amazing year. Damn. Yeah. And like, there's other movies that like, I wasn't as big on, um, because I'm pretty sure like the post came out that year, which was, which was good. It just wasn't for me. And like, I think that's phantom thread, but, um, mm. you know, other smaller movies that were really good, good time, Logan lucky. Wow. It comes at night. Yeah. Like it was, it was crazy. Shit. That's awesome. We got to get in a time machine and go back oh, there. Get out came that year also. Oh, right. Right. That's another yeah. one we saw. Did we see that all the band or was it just, no, you it was and just ducky? me, you and ducky? Yeah. We saw that in, uh, in Middletown. Nice. I was just talking about Get Out today with my dad. Oh, nice. It is a good movie. It is a good movie. End of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we just kind of gave a mini review, so that's cool. That's yeah. basically a bonus episode. We should start charging these swampies. <laughs> just, for for just for our intros. Just for our our first 10 minutes of the episode, you got you to gotta give us a dollar. Our, our banner lately has been on point, though. <laughs> Yes, our banner has been shit, but only in topic, not in quality. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been poop and Chuck E. Cheese. Like, uh, I don't know what's going on with us, but real quick, we're not going to we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, Did want to mention if you haven't listened to those episodes or if you have and you skip the first two minutes of it because you don't want to hear the intro. Uh, We put a little disclaimer in front of those because those were recorded like shit three weeks ago now, 
almost a month ago now because you have been in Florida while we were dropping all of those episodes. But then obviously since then, there's been the, the protests and there's been a lot going on. So we addressed we addressed that in those episodes. And uh, yeah, we just we didn't want to sound like we were glazing over it when we were uh, putting them out because that's what I, I texted you. I'm like, hey, we need to we need to say something about this because all this shit is going down. And then you listen to us and it's just like, yeah, you see this fucking Giuseppe pizza Chuck E. Cheese shit? And we're like, doop, 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 poop. And it's like, it just seemed really shitty of us and insensitive to just kind of ignore a major issue going on in the world and be like, have you heard the huge news in the country? The drive-in is open. We actually do say that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I was like, oh man, this is. It's bad, but like I couldn't cut it all out. That's most of the episode. So, yeah, the whole episode was our fart jokes. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I, I you know I left for Florida, North Carolina. We recorded three episodes that we could release during the time that I was gone, and it was like almost immediately within a couple of days of me leaving was when everything happened. So I mean, you know, we we put up on our social media that we weren't gonna we weren't gonna post and promote the show while things are going on because social media is should be used right now for for people to you know educate each other and and uh express themselves especially with what's going on is so important so we haven't done that and yeah we didn't want to come across insensitive but uh this is the first episode that we've actually recorded since everything has happened right yeah so actually i don't know if you saw i posted something on our social media but still not trying to promote us but I thought it'd be a good idea to start posting movies from either black actors, black writers, black directors, or just people of color in general, because I think there's, I mean, we've especially seen it at like the Academy Awards and stuff that a lot of those voices are go unheard. And some of like these amazing movies get no acknowledgement and like it kind of shines a light on how far the prejudice and the discrimination kind of runs. It's like, it's so deeply seated that it's in everything. It's in entertainment. It's, it's ingrained like everywhere and it's a problem. So I posted something about do the right thing the other day. I'm going to be posting about blind spotting, get out black Panther, uh, Crete, you know, like going through and just showcasing black artists. Cause at the very least, like there's going to be somebody who hasn't seen this movie or that movie and there's a lot of really good movies that are going on un- ignored because they didn't get the attention that they deserved at the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think slowly people are starting to, you know, at least the Academy, like try and be more like that, but like, that's not enough, obviously. Yeah. And we've seen, cause get out won an Oscar and stuff like that. But so many movies, like I, I always feel like the movies that, that are black led that get the most like Oscar buzz are the ones about like black oppression, which is like, like, why does it have to be about that? You know, cause it's yeah. like 12 years a slave and like green, green book. book. Yeah. yeah. And so like you said, like blind spotting is a great movie that, that should have, I think gotten more buzz than it did. And um, even just on writing the alone, the writing and that's amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, just in general, I think, we we put it out there. Obviously, we're we're allies of everything. We want to support and stuff, and I don't think we should use this time to to promote ourselves. Yeah, it just feels dirty to do that. Yeah, but yeah. So all of those were recorded 
long time ago because you you were going away and now you're back. I am back. Yeah, I wasn't able to talk to you a lot while you were down there because you you were big time in me. <laughs> I was big timing you. <laughs> yeah, you're a big hot shot. Look, I'm in Florida yeah. now. I don't need to talk to fucking you. <laughs> Man, the the drive down there, I was like so gung ho because I was talking to Brianna. I was like, I'm just gonna do the drive down in one shot. Like, like fuck it, I'm good. And that's a 21 hour drive by myself. I couldn't do it one shot. I did most of it. I I drove for 15 hours the first day, and then did the last six the the next day. But um, wow, it was it was rough. But I got to watch a lot of movies down there, which was nice. I had some free time. I I had to work. I've been working from home, but so I brought my computer, and uh, but I, I didn't have a lot of work that week, so I still got to hang out, which is nice. But uh, I saw some stuff. I actually interacted with real life swampies. Wow. So not listeners, but actual swampies yeah, swamp people yeah oh no it was because you know like we're, we're in new york everything's super strict right now or has been with like social distancing and like wear your mask and all that stuff so and i've been tried you know, trying to be really good with that and i stopped like as soon as i got into florida i just got off the highway and stopped at this gas station it was like five in the morning probably and i'm putting gas in the car and i'm looking around and there's like 20 people at this gas station and there's they're either pumping their gas or they're inside buying shit. But I'm looking around and nobody's wearing masks. And yep. I was like, and I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm the only one wearing a mask. And then I look over and I see this woman and she's outside the building right near the door smoking a cigarette. She takes her cigarette, puts it right down on the road, and then goes inside and then comes back out like two minutes later and picks it up off the road and starts smoking again. And I was like, oh. It makes sense. That's I know amazing. who I'm near. Yeah, I was like, I'm I'm with the swampies now. <laughs> this is why no one's wearing masks, <laughs> dude. You would be surprised because you say that you say like you know New York, sure. And I think a lot of people because I don't know where all of our listeners are from, but I know they're not all from New York. And I think a lot of the misconception of the state of New York comes from people seeing what's happening in New York City. But yeah. Most of the state of New York is just cold Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we have some ocean, but it's mostly it's mostly down the southeast port parts of New York. But then you go inland, you go into it's all mountains and it's it's mountain people and it's it's hill people, tree people, and it's it's basically just northern Florida because I've been really busy. I've been working with my dad doing our doing our pool thing working working on some pool jobs and i go out by him he's about 45 minutes north east of where i am now like i i live on one end of the county he lives on the far other end of the county going into the mountains and the world of difference like when we're when i'm out here in fancy schmancy warwick everybody's got a mask some people are even wearing gloves social distancing all of that. And I'm just like, yeah, this is how, this is how we beat it. And then I go 45 minutes down the highway over to my dad's. I went into the gas station. Same thing you're talking about. Nobody fucking listens. It's all these like redneck dudes just picking up packs of cigarettes and cans of beer at 10 o'clock in the morning that they're clearly cracking open as they're walking out of the door. And it's like, you're about to, you obviously drove here, right? Like, like you're just, <laughs> Cracking open beers at fucking 
you know, early afternoon <laughs> and hopping in your, your shitty beat up pickup truck to, I don't know, go home and finger blast your dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to harp on it too much, but like, I just think it's weird that the people like, it's all these people, you know, protesting with guns and stuff like that or at least they were like three or four weeks ago and they were like i'm not gonna wear my mask and it's like most of these people are the same people that will sit in the woods for like three hours with a deer pissed ghillie suit on (laughs) (laughs) yeah what are you doing it's weird where the lines are drawn for them isn't it 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 is weird but um yeah it, it you know Back to, to movies and stuff in, in, in Florida. When I was uh, in Florida, North Carolina, uh, watched a ton of movies. I watched five 2020 films, caught up a little bit. It was a pretty brutal experience because I think we've said that we've avoided a lot of the bad movies. So I caught up on a lot of the bad movies. Oh, man. I watched um I watched The Willoughbys, which is on Netflix. And that was that was really cool. That might be this year's version of Claws where it's a really unique animated movie. So definitely encourage people to check that out. But then I watched Underwater, which wasn't like a failing movie or anything, but it wasn't good. And then I watched Fantasy Island and holy shit, that is awful. It's so bad. Oh, good. It's so bad. Well, we're going to need movies for the duties. Yeah. I told, I said this to you, I would rather watch The Wrong Missy again than watch Fantasy Island. It is oh. It is an abomination. And then... Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's Blumhouse, right? Yeah, it's Blumhouse. Okay. All of those Blumhouse movies end up on HBO Go, like, soon soon enough. And I'm sure a lot of, like, the early year stuff is going to start popping up it, right around now. You know, uh, when we did our first duties for 2018, mm-hmm. I had Truth or Dare in my bottom 10. This is literally the exact same team that did Truth or Dare. They were given more money to make Fantasy Island, and they brought back the main actress from Truth or Dare for this movie also. It's like they made a crap movie and then were allowed to make another one with more money. (laughs) (laughs) What's the opposite of the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? (laughs) I I guess in this case, like, hey, if it's broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Here's more money. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just buy something Do else. it again. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched Spencer Confidential, which we talked about. That was awful. And then I watched Like... Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I watched Like a Boss also. And that was that was pretty bad also. So that sucked. But then I watched a bunch of good movies. I rewatched Uncut Gems. We did a little Marvel marathon. And we watched from Spider-Man Homecoming through Endgame. Nice. Well, I told you I rewatched Spider-Man Homecoming very recently too, like a couple days before you did. Yeah. So good. That man. movie it it's better than I remembered it. Like I that's one that I haven't rewatched a lot, but I don't know why I haven't. I guess because of access because like Doctor Strange was on Netflix, so I would throw that on some nights if I'm just like I don't know what else to put on. Like I'll just put this on cuz I know I like it and I'll if I fall asleep I'm not missing anything. Yeah. And I I do that with Thor Ragnarok and Endgame, Infinity War. I've seen all of those like a hundred times, but for some reason I never went back and watched Homecoming too much. I've seen it maybe twice, three times total, but watched it again the other night, and it's the first time Logan actually sat through the whole thing and watched it with me, and I was like, nice. And uh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's one of the best. It's one of my favorites, at least. 
I always tell people yeah. it, it's actually funny because uh, Brianna tried to watch it. I think like on a plane like years ago when it came out, and she only watched like a tiny bit of it, and she like was like, eh, I, I didn't like it, and I was like, you didn't watch the whole thing. Like, you got to watch it. So then we watched the whole thing this time, and the part with the car, her and her dad like audibly gasped. They were like. What the fuck? And like, I asked her, I was like, did you like it? She's like, yeah, it was actually really good. I was like, yeah, I told you. Yeah. The tension that they build in that scene, like when he first shows up at the house. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. And yeah, I, we, we rewatched, uh, Invisible Man and that, that holds up, man. That's nice. It's, that was a really good movie. That's one I want to buy. Yeah. I want to buy it again, too. I was watching the, the scene in the hallway, like the, the action scene in the hospital. And yeah. it just got the upgrade vibes. It's so fucking good, man. That whole, that scene alone, I was like, oh, I just want, I want to buy it just for this scene. That one I've been, uh, I've been looking for. I was at a store and uh, I, I saw it on DVD, but they didn't have the Blu-ray, so I was like, I'm not buying a fucking DVD. What am I, some fucking schmo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I hear you, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Mr. Mr. Colin, do you want to break down what happened in our fucking brackets? Because because uh, we got we got Mad Max Fury Road we got to talk about. So obviously they know that that one. But maybe some of the Swampies don't follow us on Instagram, which is a huge mistake on their part. Yeah, because if you did follow us on social media, then you would see all of these cool things that we're doing in these fun ways that you can be involved in the show. But we threw out sixteen post-apocalypse dystopian films for the Swampies to vote on. And this is probably my favorite bracket we've done just in terms of the movie choices we had and the variety that we had. Yeah, it, it was definitely my favorite also. You know, for anyone who, who has been following us on Instagram, uh, we wanted to do a uh, commentary again, but like we just didn't have the time. But when we were putting this together, I was like, God damn, man, I love so many of these movies. And... I would have been happy with pretty much anything that we would have reviewed, honestly. There's been other times we've done brackets, and I'm like, okay, I want that movie eliminated round one. I don't want to do that. This one, I was just like, I'm cool. Yeah. And there's a bunch in here that I'm like, that might be like, you know, like top 10, top 20 movie of all time for me. Like, there's some that I really love in here. But um, yeah, well, let's, let's just get into it. So round one, our first seed was Stalker. That's got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Yeah. And that was taking on the 16th seed, which was Interstellar. It's funny, too, because me and you both love Interstellar, and that was the last seed on the bracket uh, with a 72%. I know, it's crazy. And me, me and you both love it. That was the first round, and Interstellar smoked Stalker. It won 88% Dude, to 12. spanked it. Yeah. It took a strong lead in the beginning, and it never slowed down. Yeah. But... You know, 100% Rotten Tomato score on a movie, it's got to be good. But I had never heard of that movie, so I think there's probably a lot of people who just didn't know what that was. And Interstellar, at least, like, people know Christopher Nolan, people know that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a there was another movie that we... Because we, we made kind of a, a short list, and then we narrowed it down from there. There was another movie... Oh, it was Ter- The Terminator has 100%. That was another one that we were thinking of putting on there. Oh, right. Yeah. But that was... This was the first time we've ever had ever had a movie in a bracket with a 100%. And I didn't think it would win either because, like you said, I don't think a lot of people know it. But, you know, it's really fucking good, obviously. And 
I was just surprised that it, one, it lost in the first round, and two, that it got spanked. Like, that was probably the biggest differential we've seen other than when Alien beat whatever movie it was, like 93 to 7. I think it was Saw. Yeah. And then our second seed was taken on the 15th seed. That was Mad Max Fury Road at 97% versus Ready Player One, which was at 72% as well. Um, this one I knew. Like, I said to my brothers, I was like, this is going to be a landslide. Like Mad Max is going to stomp ready player one. I really like ready player one, but I mean, they're not in the same category. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. Cause I know the same thing. I like ready player one. I, I really like Mad Max Fury road, but I think they speak to different audiences. Yeah. I think Mad Max might be more of like our audience's speed. Although I don't, uh, was how was the voting split on that? I didn't think that was too far off. No, that was a big gap. <laughs> oh, was it? it? Yeah, it was well, fuck 82 me. Eighty-two to eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it uh, it it won by a lot. I like I said, I don't know. I um, they're definitely for different crowds. I said this when I saw Ready Player One. I really like it, but is it the best movie? No, but is it one of the more fun movies that you're gonna watch? I would say so. Like, I remember leaving the theater being like, yeah. it's not great, but like, man, I had a ton of fun watching that. That would be a cool 4D experience in that theater you were talking about. Yeah, I actually saw Ready Player One. It was the first time I ever went to the Dolby Theater. Oh, that that had to have been awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, Ready Player One has a reference to one of the other movies on our bracket, but that, that opening challenge with like the race in Dolby just like blew my dick over my shoulder. I was just like, oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come back here, Dick. <laughs> yeah, I had to like grab it. I was like, told the person behind me I was sorry. It was, and they said that's just fine. <laughs> yeah, like it's okay, man. That's what that's what happens here in the Dolby Theater. We're regulars. We were expecting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why we come here. <laughs> <laughs> but our next uh, matchup in the first round, our third seed, A Quiet Place, was going up against This Is The End, which is the 14th seed, and A Quiet Place won 72% to 28%. Yeah, that didn't surprise me. I suggested This Is The End because I thought it'd be good to have some comedy in there instead of just straight up like sci-fi or... Yeah. Because that's what most of these post-apocalypse movies are, obviously, because it's, you know, you're imagining some sort of global whatever it is it, some of these are pandemics some of these are disaster you know war like or yeah so it, it was good to good to break it up but going up against a quiet place which i think a quiet place was my number one for yeah, 2018 right mm -hmm. no surprises there i think uh, i think I've, i voted a quiet place anyways yeah same I, I like that this is the end was in there just because like you said i like when we have a little bit more variety and i do think this you know, you, you said there's a lot of sci-fi in here. There is, but I feel like we had the best variety of movies in, in this one. Like, there was animated movies, there was comedies, you know, uh, sci-fi. Horror. Kind of almost like, yeah, horror. Like, Logan's almost a Western, kind of. So, like, really good variety on this. But, yeah, I, I had a feeling A Quiet Place was going to win that one. Yeah, and even, like, Ready Player One, even though there's, like, sci-fi elements, it's, like, there's different tones in all these movies. Some are more serious, some are more fun. So, yeah, there's... It was uh, interesting to see what kind of movie we were going to get dealt. Yeah. The fourth seed was Wally taking on The Matrix, which is the 13th seed. Wally's got a 95%. Matrix is at 87. But this one was really close. It went back and forth. Wally was winning for a while, but The Matrix came back and won 58% to 42%. Yeah, I was shocked that it was that close. I, 
I mean, I know people love Wally, and we talked about that on, I think, our Onward episode when we were ranking out our favorite Pixar movies, which at that time I hadn't seen Wally. I've actually seen Wally since then, and I understand why people like it so much. It's really fucking cool. It it might actually be in my top five now for Pixar. I, I told you, I've never been like the biggest fan of it, but I acknowledge that it's really good. I also think that my viewing experience, because I've only seen Wally once, my viewing experience was was really shitty for that movie. <laughs> oh yeah. So maybe that I I might need to go back and rewatch it. I mean I I love the Matrix, so I was like, oh man, the Matrix is just gonna like stomp it because like there are some movies that almost like define like in terms of like action movies like an entire decade, and the Matrix for me defines like the nineties or at least like early two thousands. The- like it. Yeah, because it came out in 99, but it, I think it set the tone for what, like, those, the aughts, as they're called, the yeah. the early 2000s. Like, that's all the Matrix right there, baby. Yeah. And a few few of these movies I actually rewatched just in prep, because I was like, oh, maybe that would win. I rewatched The Matrix. and uh, Nice. Yeah. It's so good. The next matchup, this was a disappointment for me. The fifth seed, Snowpiercer, taking on the... 12th seed 28 days later 28 days later won 56 percent to 44 percent yeah man it's funny because we put snowpiercer in two brackets in a row it's like obviously we're trying to talk about this movie <laughs> yeah it's like when will you swampies fucking learn just give us what we want <laughs> it was funny because um i was talking to uh live about uh the bracket and stuff and she was like did you put in the one with Will Smith? And I was like, no, nah, we didn't put that in. That was in the last one. So we were just like, fuck it. And then, and then I was like, oh, but like Snowpiercer was in the last one too. <laughs> <laughs> the Our next bracket is going to be favorite movies that take place solely on a train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like this and like Polar Express. Express and, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get whatever the 310 to Yuma. <laughs> yeah. Train to Basan. There you go. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah no 28 days later won 56 to 44 i was surprised by that yeah this one it didn't kill me because the movie that won i really like but logan the sixth seed beat blade runner 2049 which is the 11th seed uh 59 to 41 and i mean you obviously know blade runner 2049 is one of my favorite movies so i was just like god damn it i couldn't even get the excitement of like even thinking that i could possibly review it because i just lost immediately i mean that's a tough contention to go against i'm also oh no no i'm not i was gonna say i'm also surprised that blade runner 2049 seated so low but i think the runtime put off a lot of people i'm also kind of happy that that didn't win because i didn't know if i would have enough time between when the bracket ended to when we're recording to watch like a two and a half hour movie or two and a half hour plus. Yeah. It's like close to three hours. I think the runtime put people off. I think the pacing in that is very slow also, which I've yeah. said a lot of times I don't mind, but I think that turned people off. And then also, I think there was also just a, a group of people who also just did not want a Blade Runner sequel. Right. I, I love it. And I was kind of bummed that it lost, but it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm cool with what, with what we got. Like I said, I love Logan, so I was, I was, I'm like, ah, I, I like both these movies. Uh, the next yeah. matchup, though, 7th seed Children of Men versus the 10th seed Akira. Children of Men won 62% to 38%. I was also really surprised by that. I thought Akira was going to go a couple rounds. Yeah, me too. I, I actually haven't seen either of those movies, but I know Akira is like very beloved by not even just anime fans, but people who are like, 
Yeah, I don't really like watch a lot of anime, but I have seen, and it's always like the same like three things. It's like Dragon Ball Z, um, Akira, and then maybe like Death Note or something like that. Well, two things. I rewatched Akira. That was one of the ones that I thought could possibly win. So I rewatched that, and then it didn't even get past the first round. And then two, I mentioned that Ready Player One referenced a movie in this bracket. Olivia Cook's character, Artemis, in Ready Player One, her bike in that chase scene that I was talking about, or in the race scene, is the bike from Akira. Right. Yeah, so I just thought that was cool. I was like, oh, nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, Akira's fucking awesome. And, you know, I was rewatching it, and I was like, damn, man, like, this would be such a fucking awesome, like, live action, like, movie. Like, why hasn't anyone made it a live action movie? And then, like, 10 minutes later, I was like, I think someone is making it a live action movie. And then I was thinking about it for a while. I was like, is it Taika Watiti? So I went and looked it up, and Taika Watiti's making a live action Akira movie. It got put on hold because he signed on for Thor 4, but they're picking up production again once Thor 4 is done. I'd be into that. And, you know, I, I know I just said I haven't even seen the first one, but just knowing that it's in Taika's hands, like I would trust that he would he would do good work with it. And uh, I definitely really want to check that out. I think that one's on Hulu, uh, Akira. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I added that to my queue because I really need to check that out. And it's, I'm not a huge anime guy. I, I'm really not. I only more recently started watching very specific ones, like One Punch Man I really like. You know what I like about it? I mean, it's, it's a hard R because there's like nudity and a lot of blood in it and stuff like that. But... A lot of anime, either it has really detailed characters, which sacrifices the quality in the animation of the characters, or they're more stylized characters with less detail that they can make the animation more fluid. Uh, Akira has both. It's beautiful to look at, and the characters are really dynamic, and there's a lot that goes on on the screen at times. And it was made in, I think it's, I think that came out in the 80s. So, I mean, it's crazy. Our next and final matchup of the first round was District 9, which is the eighth seed at a 90% versus 12 Monkeys, which is at a 90% as well. And that was the ninth seed. Uh, District 9 won 74% to 26. I like that the two movies, and this just happened by chance, that went up together, both had a number in them. Oh, yeah. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> District 9 and 12 Monkeys. But I'm also surprised that 12 Monkeys didn't win that. 12 Monkeys is awesome. It's it's really good, but I I voted for District 9 cuz I don't I love that movie. I think District 9 is a little bit under underrated cuz I don't think a lot of people know about it. Maybe that's just me. I always ask people like if you're watching like all of like Neil Blomkamp's movies and they're like, "No, who's that?" I'm like District 9, like Chappie, um what's the other one? Elysium. And they're like, "No, I've never heard of them." I'm like, "Okay." I mean, you could skip like Chappie and Elysium, but District 9 is fucking awesome. I don't even think I've seen the entirety of District 9. I remember when it came out and I remember watching it and I like sci-fi and that movie didn't grab me. Oh man, I love it. That's Yeah, I, I should give it a second chance. You should. I also that with that movie, I don't particularly enjoy movies that do like the found footage thing and District 9 I think is possibly one of the best ways to implement that. Like the first half of the movie is presented to you like a documentary, but it kind of pulls in and out of that style and it sets up the world that way. But then the majority of the movie is just the movie. And then it comes back around to the documentary at the end. But just, you want to talk about awesome world building, such a good job building the world and, and everything that goes on in, in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And then also I think that movie is such a technical achievement. The 
creatures in that movie, the aliens or whatever, they do a, such a good job of making them look realistic and then also like being able to make them emote because they communicate with each other. I, I remember seeing that in theater and I, and I went and saw it with my girlfriend and she hated it and I was like blown away by it. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back around to it. Yeah, you should definitely, definitely. Watch. I think that's on Netflix. So to start the second round, Mad Max Fury Road, the second seed was going up against Interstellar, the 16th seed. And this one, Mad Max won by one vote. It won 52% to 48%. Wow. Squeaker. Yeah. I think that if Interstellar had won this, it could have won the whole thing. Yeah. Which would have been crazy to have the 16th seed go all the way to the end. Yeah, no, that, that was a close one. And the next one was A Quiet Place taking on The Matrix. The Matrix won 63% to 37%. Okay, that, see that, it wasn't a surprise to me necessarily that that movie would win, but I was surprised there was as much of a gap as there was. Um, yeah, may, maybe. I mean, I like The Matrix a lot more than A Quiet Place. I like A Quiet Place, but... The Matrix, like I said, is just like such a classic that I was expecting it to win. But yeah, I mean, really big gap between the two. And then we had Logan taking on 28 Days Later. Logan smoked it 71% to 29%. That one I definitely saw coming. Yeah, I, I felt like that was going to come. Actually, once I saw this big of a gap between the two, I was like, oh, shit, I think Logan might win this or has a good chance to win this. Yeah. And the final matchup of that round was Children of Men versus District 9. And it came down to a tiebreaker because it was 50-50 and Children of Men had the higher seed, so it won. Nice. I love when that happens. Yeah, it was it was close. I was rooting for District 9 uh, just because I like it, but you haven't seen Children of Men and I really want you to see it. So I was kind of cool with either of them, but yeah, it was, it was down the wire and District 9 was winning for a little bit and then Children of Men came back, so... And the third round, Mad Max Fury Road versus The Matrix. Mad Max won 68% to 32%. And Logan went up against Ch Children of Men, and Logan won 76% to 24%. Again, Logan just... Logan shafted everything except for Mad Max. That's why I was like... I'm like, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to get to watch and review Logan, so I'm just going to do it. <laughs> but sure enough, I was wrong. Yep, uh, Mad Max Fury Road beat Logan in the final, 76% to 24. Yeah, that's nuts to me. Considering how well both of those movies did throughout and the way just Logan just was brutalizing every movie it went up against, I would have expected it to be more split, but early on in the day, it was like, damn, like Logan has like four votes and the fucking Mad Max is just running away with it. And I was like, oh... I guess we'll review Mad Max and I shouldn't feel down on it because I also really like Mad Max. So, yeah, I mean, you want to just get into the, the review now? I think we should. I guess we should do that. Yeah, it's what we're here for. 30 years passed between uh, when George Miller made Mad Max 3 and this one. So th 30 years passed and we got Fury Road. I actually saw Fury Road before I saw any of the other Mad Max movies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I was really into the trailers and I was like, that looks like really cool. And I just like went and saw it. I'll tell you right now, I like shit my pants leaving that theater. <laughs> I actually remember I saw this trailer when I was living in the city. I went to see some movie in IMAX and I was also never like a big Mad Max fan anyways. But this trailer at one point, it 
plays the clip towards the end of it from the uh, when they're driving into the storm. And just even seeing the trailer and the sound and just that fucking moment, I was like, oh, I have to see this. This looks fucking amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, I mean, if you want to start talking about the the movie and stuff well actually you know what we probably need to talk about the director and all that don't we yeah we'll, we'll get through that but i never seen them and you know i think my brothers were the same way i don't think they had seen them since then i've i've watched the other mad max movies and i think the first one's a really good revenge movie i actually think i like the uh, road warrior more than the first one and then i, th- I think thunderdome sucks but uh, George Miller, like, you know, he's done these Mad Max movies and then he's done Happy Feet 1 and 2 and Babe Pig in the City. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, diverse. But, yeah, but he's he's the writer and director on this. And there's another writer on this movie, and that's Brendan McCarthy. And this is his first and only feature film writing credit, which I wow. think, it, yeah. But uh, he's normally in art departments on movies. And, like, he hasn't done a lot recently, but a lot of the stuff from, like, the 90s that he did, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, he was in the art department on... um the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and also like Coneheads and Lost in Space and stuff like that. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, I think both of them are working on Mad Max The Wasteland, which is the one that I think is supposed to come. I think it's slated to come out in 2022. If I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's next year. I think it's awesome that, you know, we, we mentioned Blade Runner before. That was, you know, Ridley Scott made the original Blade Runner then whatever it was 30 something years later they made 2049 with a different director and writer. I think it's really cool that George Miller did this also. And it's just like the movie feels like an actual progression and it's his vision for the world. And I think that's part of why it works so well. And you don't see it very often. You don't, you ever see that really now that now things are rebooted and usually it's people coming in with new ideas, not only for like where they go from there, but you, you see a lot of like retconning or you see just straight up. We're just starting from scratch again. So to see a continuation and it's a continuation of the originals vision, I think is rare. And that uh, that's something that adds like a really neat element to this movie. Yeah. It stars Tom Hardy as Max. Obviously everyone knows him from the dark Knight and inception and venom and Dunkirk and stuff. But I would almost argue that Charlize Theron is the main character in this movie as Furiosa. And oh, I've, definitely. I've uh, I've mentioned before, I think she I think she's my favorite actress in Hollywood right now just because of her range. Atomic Blonde, Bombshell recently, Tully, Monster, like so good. And then, you know, even the, all the supporting actors in this movie, I think they're all really cool characters. We'll get to it. But Nicholas Holt, I really like as Nux. And I think it's really cool that they brought back. I'm going to butcher his name. Hugh G's Burn. He plays a more. Oh yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't. I can't help you with the any pronunciation. Yeah, but he he was um, what's what's he called? Toe something. He's in the original Mad Max movie, right? And then all like the the actresses that played the five wives. There's a few like Riley. I think it's Co. Is how you pronounce her last name. But she was in uh, It Comes at Night and Logan Lucky and The Lodge, which we talked about on an episode recently. Abby Lee. She plays Dag. She's in the Neon Demon. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. She's in first class. Just really good supporting cast all around in this movie. Yeah. But it, really, it's Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron for the majority of this movie. Yeah, they're carrying most of the weight, especially uh, Charlize Theron, because Tom Hardy, it's weird because it is a Mad Max movie, but like he doesn't have a lot of lines. Like he's 
he's playing a very quiet and um, reserved character, you know? Yeah. I mean, we can just get into it now, but I think what's cool, and I mentioned how this feels like a natural progression in the world and everything. Obviously, Max is, he's he's an anti-hero. Yeah. And he's like emotionally tortured and he just wants to get home. He has like visions of his daughter and stuff like that. Like he just wants to get home, even though now he literally has no home. And he's he's traumatized so he like doesn't really speak much about the movie but as the movie goes on he talks like he gets his voice as the movie goes on kind of you know in this movie there's not a ton of dialogue and it's funny because like most movies that are action movies they'll have your action and then they'll have your character building moments this movie does both of them simultaneously and it's just it's cool seeing his character change as the movie goes on along with a few other characters. Yeah. And I think that's a good point that you brought up with how the characters progress while the action is. And I think that that speaks to, uh, obviously like the writing is very well done on there. Obviously the people working on this had a lot of care and thought about these characters, but also it makes for the movie to just stay exciting. Like the pacing in this movie is so is weird because it's like, it's jacked up and like it gets the adrenaline going, but it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel like you are missing any pieces along the way. Like it, it straps you in for the ride and it brings you with it, but it never lets off the gas. Yeah. Cause even in the slower moments in the middle, you know that there's something coming. There's always something coming for them. So there's not really any moments of ease and relaxation in the movie. Yeah. I said this to to Brandon because we were talking about it, and we both love this movie, but I think this word is a little cheesy, but it definitely, I think, applies to this. This is, like, one of the most, like, impressive and, I think, successful movies at just being, like, crazy, like, high-octane energy the entire time and not getting boring at all. And I think it's because there's so much going on and so much craziness that you're, like constantly just like holy shit holy shit like there's i had this movie on before we recorded and just watching the action scenes i get chills at just cars blowing up and stuff just because it's so impressive what they did and how beautiful the movie looks and stuff like that but you're gonna find out what i think about this movie but i'll just say i think this is the best action movie that's come out in the last 10 years Ooh man i i i want to agree with you and I don't have another movie to throw out against it yet, but I, I'd say it's definitely in the talks for maybe even like top five for the last 10 years. 10 years is a long time. There's been a lot of, lot of good movies. There's been a lot of shit ones too, but something that I think this movie does really well and r- relates to like how, how you're saying like that high octane energy and everything. I think this movie had so many chances or I guess obstacles against it uh, but there are so many moments that could have been super cheesy or like too over the top where it almost becomes satirical or just kind of like hokey. And it, especially cause like the characters are very over the top in terms of like uh, the costuming and uh, especially like uh, shit. What's his name? Nicholas Holt. Nux. Yeah, like, his his character and, like, you know, they got the paint and they're huffing the stuff and it's, like, 
I think there were a lot of moments that could have ended up almost being a parody of itself, but it, it plays so well. And like it, it at no point really feels like it's some campy bullshit. Like you would almost have suspected that to have happened. And the, the ways that they, they navigated that. And I think that comes through because the tone of the movie, they are taking it seriously. Like you can tell that it is taken seriously and they are taking care of these characters and there is a real story in there where I feel like a lot of other directors might have missed certain elements that if you're lacking a substantial story or you're not giving your characters enough development and they don't have a real story arc that those moments that are more over the top might be seen as cheesy or crap because there's not substance supporting it. But I think because this movie has substance that those things that I might've looked at, like when they're like witness me and like in the, and you know, there's some stuff early on when they're first going out to chase Furiosa where the camera is sped up and it has like that weird feel to it. And normally I hate that, but in this I was, I was fine with it. Like it didn't bother me as much as it might've in other movies. I think in this movie, because I, you know, definitely took down the camera work in it. But I, I love the way the camera is because the camera is kind of sped up, but it speeds up as the cars are speeding up. And you hear like the the sound design compacted with the way they use the camera. And normally I don't like that. But in this movie, for whatever reason, it just works like the, we'll, we'll get into it. That's like my biggest thing I love about this movie is the just the design of like the movie and how it looks and how it feels and stuff. But everything complements like the energy of it in terms of just its design and all that. And what you were saying with like the story and all that, I feel like it's very linear. It's, it's basically a chase scene for like two hours. It's like, it's like they, yeah. they, they drive down a road and then they come back on the road. But the care that they give to the characters, I think is great. And Furiosa, we've mentioned a ton of times, Ripley and Sarah Connor. I think Furiosa is such a good, like heroine, and one of the best ones that we've seen in, in a really long time. And she's just a badass. And I listened to an interview with Charlize Theron and she was kind of like, you know, she's rescuing the five wives, but it's more so she's not doing it because she wants to save them. It's more revenge where she's taking something that this guy who like basically like tortured her owns and she just wants to like get revenge on him. And yeah, the whole story with her and how she like comes around at the end of the movie and you know, like what happens I think is awesome. And I think the Nux character is really cool. In some ways, I almost think that Furiosa and Nux are more interesting characters than Mad Max in this movie because Nux obviously is like a, a believer of a Morton Joe and like all of like, he's almost like a religious symbol in this movie. And they tell you, you know, if you sacrifice yourself and you spray the the chrome shit on you, you're like you'll you'll end up in Valhalla and they what do they say? I, I live, I die, I live again type thing. Yeah. But then like basic yeah, like later on in the movie, he basically just kind of like turns and he he realizes like, yeah, this is all this is all bullshit. <laughs> he's he's basically Finn from the Star Wars sequels. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think his story is really interesting and they give so much to all the other like there's not again, not a ton of dialogue, but you learn the world you learn what they're like like rick Erectus is basically like this man child who is just like a brew and then like you like the bullet farmer 
and they build the world with him. Like that's where like all like the guns and ammunition comes from. And then there's Gas Town. So yeah, I I just feel like there's a lot of really good characterization in this movie with limited dialogue. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree with like what you're saying about Mad Max because for Max as a character, I feel like he has the least of an arc. It's less about a character change for him and it's more about us just learning more about his character. Like, I don't think he really changes his perspective on anything in the movie. It's just, we can better understand him throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Whereas Furiosa and Nux, like they actually go through changes. Like they, they have more of an arc, but I'm okay with that. But it, it almost makes it weird. Cause it's like the name of the movie is Mad Max and he's almost a supporting role to Furiosa, I'd say. Yeah. I I like how the the two characters complement each other though. And there's even like a scene that's kind of maybe slightly on the nose, but it's the one where he's he's got the sniper and he's he's trying to to shoot the guy and his his arm's shaky and then she takes the sniper and balances on his shoulder and then just like shoots the guy right through the eye. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of the movie is kind of they're they're two people and they don't really want to be together, but they they learn to like work together to basically like get what they want and then they they part ways but yeah i don't think there's a ton of change in max's character but i don't think you need it you had three movies with him already and the new characters you introduce into this movie are super interesting so it didn't bother me at all yeah and one character i really want to talk about because if the world keeps going the way it is now we might end up in this mad max world in no time (laughs) and uh if that happens i'm just saying now before anybody else tries to take it i'm calling it i'm calling uh my oh, you're spot. Gonna be the, you're going to be the doof warrior. Yeah, I want to be the guy shredding on top of a monster truck. That's like my only my only job. I don't kill nobody. I don't hurt nobody. Just chain me up with fucking 50 speakers behind me so I could just swing it around, just flamethrower at the end. I was going to say, they he actually does fight Max with the flamethrower, so you might have to kill someone, but... That's worst case scenario. <laughs> but for the most part, I'm just I'm just fucking shredding up there, man. I think that's a good spot to like lead into with this movie though. The design of like everything. You want to start getting into that because honestly, like I think as far as production design, this is one of the most like impressive movies to come out in a really, really long time. Yeah, definitely. It's it's very extensive. Yeah, it's extensive. And then also like we've talked about how you know, sometimes people don't use CGI the right way or or sometimes we prefer practical effects more than others. And for those of you who don't know, this movie is 95% real. Like barely any of it is CGI. Yeah. They use CGI on things like the storm and to remove wires. But when you see a truck flip or you see a car explode it's all real because they built all those cars and they made them all functional to do exactly what they're supposed to do and then they were just like okay let's fucking let's do it and they got there's the part where there's the the bike riders and they're flip you know going over the 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 war rig the truck yeah yeah and that was all real they're like okay let's just you know we'll get motocross drivers and whatever tricks they're most comfortable doing we'll let them do that over the, the thing and like they just filmed it, and then every time the trucks flip and all that, they just got stunt drivers, and even the the 
the pole cats that are going back and forth on the poles. They hired people from Cirque du Soleil to actually film that. Like it's nuts. Yeah. When when that happens, when they're and they're waving so far to the left and the right, like I I watch that and it like makes me nauseous. I'm like, nope, never. I would never, <laughs> ever, ever. Nothing. I don't care how bad the apocalypse is. You're fucking killing me. I'm never doing that. I would never in a million years ever get on one of those things. It's funny because uh, I was watching like a, a making of. For this movie and Tom Hardy like he has a scene where he, he one of them grabs him and he's on the pole and he said that he was like I did not want to do that he was like I was scared <laughs> shitless of doing that and he was like and there was these people that were like on those poles every single day like for like eight hours for months and I was like I've got like one minute long scene and I do not want to do that like fuck, fuck that <laughs> But uh, yeah, if anyone can find it, find scenes before they put the CGI in because it's really cool because it's basically like you, you're watching the scene the way it's shot and then they cut to it with CGI and then all it is is the cables are removed and the, and the scenes color graded and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, it's yeah. All of it is real. Yeah, it's insane. And something else that I think they did really well that I would I would say it has to be connected to that is. You know, you have this world and and the world building is so well done and it's post-apocalypse. There's no water and stuff. So I could see it being very easy to be stuck in like very like similar settings or, or at least like even as you're uh, moving from scene to scene, it might be difficult to feel like they're broken up. But this movie does a really good job with taking a, a terrain that is kind of one dimensional and making every kind of portion of it, every section of the movie feel different. I think it's really interesting and it's a credit to the directing and the writing to have that kind of thought of like, well, they're traveling through a desert. There's not a lot going on in a desert. How do we mix up the atmosphere? How do we add certain uh, like elements to the scene to make everything feel different from just being a dried out terrain mm -hmm. and uh, the set design in those, in those scenes I think is really impressive. And especially, like I said, watching the trailer and then seeing it in the movie, that fucking storm, that scene is just balls to the wall. Fucking awesome. The whole thing is awesome. It, like I said, I was watching it and like that whole sequence leading up to it. That's when they have the what they call the buzzards, those trucks that have like all the spikes on them. They're yeah. they're kind of like they're attacking them or whatever. And that whole scene with the storm and like the way those the cars blow up and flip and stuff like that. I, I was getting chills watching it. It's that's like one of my favorite like early first act, like opening action scenes in like almost any movie rightfully so because it's it's just so it's so insane it's like you and you could even see people like blowing up in the background it's not even just like they're focusing on all of the cars that are getting fucked up it's just carnage everywhere it is just pure insanity and adrenaline and uh it just fucking rips yeah the design of the cars is awesome because the designs of the cars are almost like an extension of the characters' personalities, which is really cool. Because like Immortan Joe, his vehicle is called the Giga Horse. That's what that's what they call it. But it's like supposed to be almost like used as like his throne. So if you look at that, it's got two like I think they're Cadillacs or something like that. But it's like two like bougie like cars stacked on top of each other, and like 
all of like the uh the weapons on it are like they've got like lumber on them because like in this world there's no more lumber so lumber is like a hot commodity so the, obviously like the king has it yeah so like that's all like really cool and then uh like rick disarectus he's you know the giant one he's got the monster truck the dupe warrior he's got the the doof wagon which has all the speakers and the drums on the back and stuff like that and then the bullet farmer he's got the tank uh because that's where all the bullets come from and then like the guy from Gastown, he's more of like the um, like like capitalist i guess because he has all the gas that's where everyone gets their gas his vehicle's actually built out of like a lug- like a limo like a luxurious limo and stuff like yeah. that so i just thought all oh, that's cool but like even if you can just watch anything on how they built all the cars i think is really cool because they all function the way they're supposed to like the scene where the uh the war rig gets caught on fire and then furiosa like lowers down the grill and all the sand comes up and like puts the fire out like that's all like yeah. real i think that's so cool that they did that and every single car like functions the way that it's supposed to and that they had to learn how to drive all of them even like the the giga horse has has two wheels next to each other it's just insane and they're like okay now we have to learn how to drive this huge contraption that we just built yeah right across sand yeah Something that is famously difficult to drive on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how much how much more you want to talk about, but I love the production design on this movie, which I think this movie may have won an Oscar for. I know it was nominated for like Best Picture and Best Director and stuff, but it, it won a couple. I think it may have won visuals and maybe it won production design too. I'd be interested to look into that. I'd be surprised if this was nominated for best picture because you don't really see like action movies fall into that no it, it, it was that's why like it's one of the few times like in a really long time that an action like straight up action movie was nominated for an oscar like best picture oscar yeah i mean all of the elements are there like the the visuals of it are incredible the writing is strong direction in it is is just it's clear that there's one singular vision and it's very clear that uh, everybody was kind of cared for. And then you, you look at the, uh, like you're saying with like the use of practical effects and everything, like the craft behind it, that's not what surprises me about the uh, the nomination. But yeah, just, I mean, fucking good for them because I'm sure there's other action movies that are awesome that totally get ignored by the Academy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that, Fury Road had 10 nominations. Oh, okay. I am going to quote you. Okay. I know, I can I tell you did it. I know for a fact I sent it, it into the papers. All right. I was going to say I know for a fact it was best picture and director and cinematography and costume design and I think editing and makeup and production design. I think visuals. I think it won for visuals. And it, it may have been like the sound editing and stuff like that too. Yeah, that makes sense. The sound, the sound editing in this is amazing. Yeah, I think it won for costume though because I'm pretty sure Ex Machina was visuals that year, and I know that that one, right? Oh yeah, I really wanted to do Ex Machina. <laughs> well, the last, the last one. Yeah, I I really just want to know why Poe made that Robofo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't know how much more uh, you want to say on this. I feel like I'm really high on it, but this is it's just one of my favorite action movies. Of all time, really? Fair enough. I actually don't have any more notes on it, but I feel like you have something for me. Okay. I don't know what it is. Do you know what that thing might be? No, I have no idea. It's a nice, plump 
juicy tomato tomato. <laughs> tomato tomato. The critics, they're bringing this in at 97%. All right. So that's the bottom end of an A+. Yep. And the audience, they've got it at an 85%. So that is like an A plus to a B. Wow. I'm I'm shocked. I I know better than to read the audience reviews because people are stupid. But usually for like action movies like this, the audiences love it and the critics hate it. You know, the critics are just like, oh, it's so just blah or it's nonsense or it's you know immature or whatever they whatever they fucking think so so that is genuinely shocking to me but i'm gonna say tomato and i know we've only said good things about this movie but i'm giving it an a damn okay only thing that does that for me is when i rewatched it there are things like i love certain things about the movie and i love like the costuming and I, I love the uh, the freaking uh, shredder guy on the on the monster truck and all that. And there are things that I like about it that are also things that I'm like not like the biggest fan of. Like when I rewatched it and I took notice of like the fast moving camera, that's not something I generally like. But I understood why they were doing it. But there was still moments where it would kind of you know, pull me back a little bit from it where I'd be like, I'm not in love with that element. It makes sense. I understand why they did it. It doesn't hurt the movie drastically. It's does, it doesn't make it difficult to watch, but it's not something I'm a big fan of. And that just happened like a couple of times, but nothing was super detrimental. So it just happened enough where I was like, I don't know if I'd say it's perfect, but it's really, really fucking good. I gave it an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're I, not wrong. Like, I think it was just my rewatching is what, what kind of sh- highlighted a couple of moments for me where I was just like, that's not the worst thing in the world, but like, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of like the really sped up camera also, but I think aesthetically in this movie, it emphasizes a lot of the action. And for that, I think it works really well. Just a side note, I looked up the Oscar thing because I was curious. It was nominated 10 times, okay. and it won six. It was actually the most winning movie that year. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it won sound editing, makeup, and hairstyling, and then it won film editing, costume design, sound mixing, and production design. And then the ones That's that it's impressive. Yeah. The ones that it didn't win were best picture, best visuals, best cinematography, and best director, but it was nominated for them. So it won six out of 10. That's really fucking good. That's so much better than I would have ever expected. Yeah, I thought it won two. <laughs> but I, yeah. I I was pretty sure it was nominated for 10, I, but I didn't think it won six. But yeah, man, again, like if you're someone who loves practical effects, this is like the movie you got to watch. This is like textbook, how you make a movie feel just insanely visceral and real. And I can't really think of a movie that like has action like this that makes me just feel like this. Like I love the action in John Wick, but it's a different type of action where John Wick is more just right. like, like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe he just did that type thing. And you're in awe of just like the longer takes and all this. This is more just like, I can't believe they were able to film stuff like this and how like 
like again high high octane just intense like fun action so yeah i mean i i just i love this movie i always recommend it to people i'm like i don't care if you don't like post-apocalyptic weird movies like you gotta watch it yeah this was like one of the first movies i watched in the quarantine so it was just like maybe only two three weeks in and it's like well we have to watch mad max don't we because it's the fucking apocalypse so it (laughs) It makes sense that it won this bracket because it kind of is like the perfect post-apocalypse movie. Like, And something that the Mad Max series has done for post-apocalypse movies, I think, is it's like the go-to aesthetic that people think of for like the apocalypse is designed by like Mad Max, Road Warrior, Beyond Thunderdome, all that. Like the, the uh, you know, like leather vests, spikes on cars... And, you know, bright red Mohawks and Bihawks and Trihawks and, like, the war paint and stuff like that. And, like, all the people who have, like, chainsaws for arms and, like, all this craziness. Like, it all spawns from the Mad Max series, you know? Yeah. Like, they really defined this whole genre in a way. Mm -hmm. One thing that I, I completely forgot to even mention with this is... And, and you were just touching on it, like it defined kind of the look. But the one thing that a lot of post-apocalyptic like wasteland movies get wrong is they try and make everything just look as like shitty and junkyardy as possible. But yeah. And like George Miller has said this, like human nature, even like from the dawn of time where we're like primates and stuff like human nature is to try and make things look as beautiful as possible. So it's basically like the aesthetic of this movie is people only have junk at their disposal, but they try and make that junk look as beautiful and awesome as possible. That's why like the design of all the cars, like you see all the bodies of the cars. And if you look at like their steering wheels and stuff like that, like the grips are like pistol grips and stuff like that. Like I think, I think a lot of people lose that when they do a post-apocalyptic movie and they're like, okay, we're just going to make everything look dirty. And this is like, the implementation of junk into almost art, which is really cool. Yeah. This movie just looks like if, uh, if you could only do crystal meth at burning man, <laughs> no mushrooms, no weed, uh, none of that. You, you just hear some crystal meth. Welcome to burning man. That's Mad Max Fury road. <laughs> also, I didn't even mention this, but the music in this movie is fucking awesome too. Yeah, dude, it, it all adds to the atmosphere. Like, everything that's what i meant like uh you could tell there's like a singular vision like every single piece of this movie whether it's the costume the set design the the music the sound design like it is all serving towards the same exact purpose like it it feels like one piece like nothing feels disjointed like even though the pace is full throttle like it you never feel like you're lost in the shuffle of everything like they did a really good job pulling everything together and making it feel as one yeah we have one other thing planned for this uh this episode though you want to get into that yeah yeah so we we had said that this bracket is like one of the the probably the favorite for both of us that we've ever done. And we love like a lot of these post-apocalypse movies and we're huge sci-fi fans. So we're going to just do like a quick top three for our favorite uh, apocalypse movies from this bracket. Cause as, as we said, like I was really going to be into it no matter who won out of this. Yeah. Same. 
we kind of did this off the cuff, so I have a feeling that ours are just going to be off the list. That being said, we kind of picked our favorites, so I don't know if there's going to be a movie that we could have thought about after the fact that we'd have been would have gotten into a top three. But uh, yeah, we're going to do it. Just do a top three and feels a little dirty because already I have my top three and there's like a couple movies that aren't in it that I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. So my number three is the matrix. Okay. That's a really good one. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we won't spend too much time on it. Love the matrix. The matrix also defined a lot of, you know, my my taste in mu- movies back then. I remember I saw the first one and was blown away. Also, I'm fairly certain The Matrix Revolutions is the first rated R movie I ever uh, snuck into. Um, really? Yeah. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a movie to go into, too, because The Matrix Revolutions is so Duke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the first one, I you know, I, I love it so much. So for me... The way I'm kind of ranking these, because again, it's not really super important or anything. And I'm, I think my experiences are going to weigh heavily into this, but my number three, I'm putting down Interstellar. Oh, I am surprised that it's three. I thought it would have been higher. Well, there's a lot of really good movies on this list. Yeah. But Interstellar, like, that was a theater going experience that I will never, ever forget. I think I've said it on the show before. I know I've t- definitely told you like a hundred times, but. I saw that movie with a buddy and when we walked out of the theater, normally you're talking to each other like, whoa, remember this part? That was so cool. And this was cool. We were literally speechless for like 10 whole minutes until we got out of the theater, got out to the street corner. And then when we looked at each other and finally said something, the only thing we could say was just, whoa. (laughs) So I, I really like that movie. I was disappointed that it was seated so low, but yeah, that's, that's probably like one of my, one of my faves right there. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It's it's so good. My number two is Mad Max Fury Road. Wow. All right. There yeah. you go. So, I mean, we talked about it a ton already, but I'm not going to not going to go into it. But obviously, this is, it's one of my favorites. All right. Very cool. My number two would be A Quiet Place. Oh, wow. OK, that's also surprising. Well, it was my favorite movie of 2018. I just I loved it. Like. It, it's super emotional. Also, like I'm a dad, and like obviously, like there's uh, like father elements to that movie that are very like touching and sad. Yeah, and um, yeah, just the suspense and like again, I'm going based off my viewing experience. Like watching that movie, I was so on edge, intense the whole time that I was just like, I've never had a movie do this to me before. So I was just super impressed with that. Uh, John Krasinski as like a first time like writer director on this. Like I was just. There was so much that was impressive about the movie in general that I just felt like it deserves a spot up there for me. Mm-hmm. I think I know your number one, and I think you know I mine. bet you do. Before we get into that, just a few like honorable mentions that I probably would have put in if we could have gone like five. Uh, District 9 is really high up there for me, and Logan is really high up there for me, and same with Snowpiercer. Like, I think those three right there, it hurts me to, to not put them on this. <laughs> but yeah. My number one is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, okay. I saw that coming. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I know what yours is, but... You tell me. Yours Logan? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, again, our our theater experience was incredible. I also loved John's reactions to that movie. It just made me enjoy it even more. Oh, so good. (laughs) Yeah. He's not a fan of violent... (laughs) Yeah, he's like, 
kind of graphic. <laughs> He's so uncomfortable with all the violence. But, you know, rewatching it last night, it was like the first time I, it's actually the first time I had rewatched it since I came over to your house with the Blu-ray and we watched the black and white version. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's so good. Like everything about it is so good. The sound design is incredible. The violence, I'm so happy it was rated R. It's the perfect send off for a character that I love and have loved since I was a kid and like reading the comic books. Like, it touches on so many different levels for me. It's just perfect. Like I rewatched it last night and I was like, there's not a fucking thing wrong with this movie. And arguably, yeah, it's not really post-apocalypse. It's dystopian future, but it's only really dystopian for the X-Men or, or mutants in general. But it's it's just like a family of characters that I really love. And we've been butt-fucked by so many bad X-Men movies. And then this, and like... I'm a really big fan of James Mangold now, like Ford versus Ferrari was awesome. Like there's just so much going on in that movie that is just too good to ignore. So yeah, that, that definitely has to be my number one from this list. Yeah. Yeah. I had a feeling right before we wrap up, just movies that were on our short list that we didn't put on here, upgrade the original Blade Runner, Planet of the Apes, uh, Looper, it comes at night, edge of tomorrow, zombie land, the Terminator and, uh, Turbo Kid, Nine, The Running Man. We were like, The Truman Show? Is that one? I have no idea. But <laughs> Battle Royale, The Lobster, like Total Recall, and like A Clockwork Orange were, were all on there. Yeah. Usually we're we're struggling to fill out a list of 16, but this one we had plenty to go off of. Yeah. But yeah, man, it feels good to be back. I'm glad we got to do this. Good to be back. We got a bunch of new movies that just dropped today, Friday, the day that we recorded this. We got The Five Bloods, which is going to end up being an episode. We got The King of Staten Island, which I'm very excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we're going to have more What to Watch episodes. We're going to be doing some other stuff. Hopefully, now that we're entering these phases of reopening the country that I can go to a movie theater sometime soon and we can kind of get back to some sort of form of normalcy, whatever the fuck that means in this this new era of the world that we're living in. But happy that you're home so that uh, we can get back to business. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think this applies over to you because New York is probably going to be the last state to actually fully open, but AMC said that they're reopening at 25% capacity, so... That's perfect. I only like going to the movies at 25% capacity. Most of the time when I go, it's only me and like two other people in the whole theater. So I think I'll be safe. Unless it's an Avengers premiere. Then you want that. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine what selling like premiere tickets are going to be like. We fucking weird. Like they're going to sell out in 15 minutes for every movie now. Yeah. You're going to go to like a midnight showing of like Avengers 5 or whatever. And you're just going to hear like a little few applauses around the... (laughs) Around the, around the theater. Just a smattering. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man shows up and one guy in the back's like, yeah, Spidey! He's just like, I like him. <laughs> like, ow! <laughs> he howls like a wolf. <laughs> yeah, ow! Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that'll be me. No, <laughs> I'm, I really want them to reopen. I don't want AMC to close down. All that news is scary. Yeah. Imagine how long it would take for another theater chain to fill those spots. Like Regal's not going to fill all of them because they already have locations. They don't need all the AMC locations. I'm. I have a feeling that if they're gonna if they're gonna fold, they'll sell because it's been reported that Amazon wants to buy them. So I hope that there's not 
a time where like there's no AMC over near you or you know th- that theater in the mall because it's so nice. I hope there's not a time where yeah there's nothing just going some on there. some other company just buys out AMC and then they can continue operations and everything. Yeah, yeah that's what I hope happens if that happens. Like if AMC is gonna fold, that's what I hope happens. Yeah, that's that's usually the way things go. But you know what? Who knows right now? The only thing we can do is just hang on and fucking see what happens, which sucks, but it's out of our hands. Uh, But something that is in the Swampy's hands is you can, you know, check out our social media, check out our website. We're not really posting. We're not promoting stuff on social media. But, you know, when, when things get better... We'll still be here. Like, we still want to put out episodes during this time. Not to give you an escape to ignore the world around you, but I think a lot of people might feel fatigue over the constant uh, battle that is going on right now, whatever it may be, whether it's uh, the pandemic or the social issues that are going on in the world right now. Uh, It's a common thing, especially in, like, activists that if you're constantly fighting the good fight, you feel worn down. It is important to pay attention to what's going on in the world, but it's also important to give yourself a break because if you don't give yourself that break and you just stay fighting every minute of the day, you will wear yourself out and you won't be able to continue the fight for the long haul. And this is something that is going to take a long time Like, reform doesn't just happen day one. So it's okay to escape for a little while. It's not okay to just stick your head in the sand, but we're going to keep trying to bring you guys smiles and laughs and fart jokes. (laughs) And there's still new movies coming out, so we're going to talk about movies. And we just want to make sure that you guys know that we're here for you. And until then... Suck it, Swampies.